Welcome to Global River Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoyed today's message. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit globalriver.org. Most of the time, I'm not going to say that as always, but most of the time, the first question that they ask is how much you pay. Amen? How much are you going to pay me? And uh, all, sometimes they would say, if you match what they pay me in the other job, I can work for you. So you always, um, the person is always looking, what is, what would be good for me here? What is, what you, what can you do to, so that I can stay with you? And I, I just want to throw that out because uh, it's many places in the Bible where I think a lot of people, but also us, if you really be honest to yourself, we say to the Lord, what's there for me? And that's the title of the message today. What then would be there for me? Was there for me? Um, many of you guys serve in this church, and uh, you probably ask yourself a question, how long am I going to be doing this before they even thank me? <laughs> how long am I going to keep doing this without being recognized by somebody, or at least somebody gave me something and says, I appreciate what you do, here's something. I don't know. I don't know if you think that way or not, but sometimes we do. Amen? Sometimes we do things, and we, if we're not appreciated or we're not telling us thank you, sometimes you, you end up saying, I, I can't do this no more. I got tired or whatever, and you end up not doing what you called to do. Because we basically, in our mind, in our heart, we will say, was here for me, was there for me. And uh, I know that I'm not the only one who thinks that way. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm sure that, you, that you, been, you think that way too when you're serving somewhere. After a while, you'll be, you be saying, you're asking yourself a question. You say, what am I getting out of this? Am I getting anything? So I want to read. Probably going to go a little fast because we have another meeting, I guess, something else going on right after service. And uh, let's go to, you have it in your hand now, to Matthew 20. And I want to read a few verses there, um, almost the whole chapter, but uh, separate, separate verses. But I'm going to start on, on uh, verse 8. Verse 8 in Matthew 20. Father, I pray that you anoint this word, and Lord, that you, as we always say, you take me out of the way and you speak through me. Let your word be the one coming out out through me, Father, and you, that you, the anointing of the Holy Spirit, that you touch our hearts and let us understand what you're trying to communicate to, to your people today. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So, Matthew 20, verse 8, and we know this, this story here is, and, and we're starting in verse 8, because Jesus told this parable of how the kingdom of heaven is and the, the, these people that was needing a job and Anyway, he explained the whole, he told them the time that the world came in. So now in, in verse 8, he says, When evening came, it was a time to pay these people. So when evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, Call the workers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last ones higher and going on to the first. The workers who were higher about the 11th hour came and each received a denarius. 
So when those came who were hired first, they expected to receive more. But each one of them also received a denarius. When they received it, they, begin, they began to grumble against the landowner. These men who were hired last work only one hour, they say. And you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the work of the, of the heat and the, of the day. But he answered one of them, friend, I am not being unfair to you. Didn't you agree to work for a denarius? Take your pay and go. I want to keep the man who has hired last the same as I gave you. Don't I have the right to do what I want with my own money? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first, and the first will be last. Woo! You know, sometimes, sometimes when we go to a meeting, some people there maybe half an hour earlier, before anything starts. And sometimes in the end, somebody walks to the meeting almost when the, the, the meeting is over. And the leader says, okay, all stand up, let's pray. And he pray a blessing to everyone. He didn't say, Lord, bless those who are here first. Give them this much. And the one who came last, Lord, just bless them a little because they were here late. <laughs> right? No, he stand there and bless everybody. Can you imagine us who are here probably early and we, in the end, we say blessing and say, Pastor, you wish you to call the people who came here first. Let them bless them first. They receive the greatest blessing. And then those who came less, let's have the, the crumb that falls from the table. No, that's not the God that we serve. We serve the God who blessed us all the same. So I just want you, I know that many times when you come here and you hear me preaching, you have to have some roller skates and something because we always try to figure out where this rabbit is going to find his hole. And we have to chase him a lot. <laughs> so we have to chase him. So learn to chase a rabbit. When I'm here preaching, you have to somehow learn that trick. So, <laughs> so let's, let, this parable, it gives a lot of, of things that we need to understand. First of all, I believe that this parable has nothing to do with salvation. Nothing to do with salvation. Why? Why, why would do, do I would think that? Because you cannot work for salvation. Did we know that? We heard as a free gift from God. That you should not ever think that you are so good enough or you work so hard that you have earned the favor of God. Oh, it doesn't work that way. So Ephesians 2, not 2, 2, 8 and 9 says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. Amen. Make sure you write down or highlight it in your word. So when you think you are so good or you think you're working so hard to earn God's salvation or his favor, you can go back to, this, to, the, to, to the scripture or to the manual, uh, when you build a house, I know that uh, Michael Hogan built houses, and you have a, how do you call that thing? A, a, no, no, a plan, whatever. A drawing. You have a drawing. 
if you don't look at the drawing, you end up building a crooked house. <laughs> Amen? <laughs> so it's all crooked. It's all crooked because the house, you didn't go by, by, by the drawing. This is, in a sense, a drawing. This is, you have to go by this. So you make sure you highlight that and you look at yourself, I, I cannot do anything to earn this thing. I cannot work. I cannot come to church 5 o'clock in the morning, 3 o'clock in the morning, and then spend the whole day. And at the end of the day, I'm going to be, I'm going to have the greatest blessing. Guess what? You don't. <laughs> you don't. Sorry. You don't. So it says, it is not for yourselves. It is the gift of God. Highlight, the, highlight those verses in, your, in, your, in the Bible. Highlight it and write it and put it in your, word, in, in your refrigerator and whatever you do. Remember those verses. Not by works so that no one can boast. So that no one can feel superior to somebody else. That's right. In the Christian culture, I told the Spanish congregation, listen. The Bible says, that you, we are pilgrims, that we're just passing by. I know all this craziness that, you know, these things and that thing, but I, I always say, listen, we are citizens of heaven. I'm not an illegal. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a citizen of the United States. I'm not a citizen of the Dominican Republic. I am not from Colombia. I am a citizen of heaven. I am just passing by. I'm here to give you a message. I don't live here. My citizenship is in heaven. My house is in heaven. So let's get rid of that. When somebody asks you, where are you from? Immediately you say, I'm a Christian. And they'll be like, okay, I didn't ask you what religion you are. I said, no, 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 I, it's not a religion. I'm a Christian. I'm a citizen of heaven. That's where I'm from. What? What are you talking about? Yes, I am. I'm a citizen of heaven. You don't believe it? Read the word. I am a citizen of heaven. I'm just passing by, leaving a trail behind me where people can follow and says, I want to go the same way this guy is going. Amen? But many times as believers, we live... We leave a trail that we don't want anybody to find it. <laughs> Amen? So we have to be careful with that. So you cannot boast. This, this parable have nothing to do also with rewards. Have nothing to do with it. Why? For we not all receive the same rewards. Ah. You think the pastor who has a better tie, get a better reward. No, it doesn't. <laughs> no, it doesn't. First Corinthians 3, verse 12 and four through 14, it says, and I want, you, I want you to really pay attention also to this, to this part of, of the word. Sometimes we read the word and we apply it to different things, or we, we think it's something else, and many people say, well, that's what, that's, what, that's what you think, but I think this. Well, don't think like that, because you got to think the way the Holy Spirit tells you, and the Holy Spirit is the one who interprets the Scriptures. If you want to think the way you think, it's a stinking thinking. <laughs> yeah. Right? We contaminate everything. <laughs> 
Don't we? I mean, we contaminate everything. Uh, somebody asked me one day to give him a recipe for some famous soup that people like that I make. And I said, listen, I don't want to give you the recipe because if I do, you're going to ask something and then you're going to say, this is Pastor Willie's recipe. And I'm going to say to you, no, that's, not, that's your recipe, not mine, because you put things there that doesn't belong there. And it's the same thing with the Word of God. We try to make it the way I want it, and we say, oh, that's the Word of God. And God says, no, that's your Word, not mine. So we need to be very careful, very careful. So let's read, and, and uh, well, we can read it later, but I have to read it to you. First Corinthians 3, verse 12 and 14 says, if anyone... Listen to these verses. If anyone builds in this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, their work will be showing for what it is. Because they will they will because the day will bring it to the light. It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each person's work. If what has been built survives, the builder will receive a reward. Now, what are he talking about? What foundation? Did you look, did you look it up? What, what foundation? What kind of foundation he's talking about? As many things that has been built today, and we think we have using the right foundation. Uh, Michael Hogan says, the most important things of any structure is your foundation. That's right. You see many marriages crumbling today, destroying because there was no foundation. It was nothing to build on it. It was all hyped up with good looks and, and Offering the moon and the star. And I heard a song the other day. Oh, I give you the moon and I give you the ocean. What? <laughs> what a liar. <laughs> what a liar. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you're building a foundation and it doesn't exist. So if we build, and what's, which foundation are you talking about? Read it. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid. What it is? Which is Jesus Christ. Nothing can stand if the foundation is not Jesus Christ. Nothing. No church, no life, no ministry, no jobs, no nothing. Nothing can stand unless the foundation is solid rock, which is Jesus Christ. And you better write it down. You better highlight that. Because if you start building things, you're wasting your time. You're wasting your time. Believe me, you're wasting your time. I know as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, we, we kind of know this, but we're telling other people. Uh, but we are saying to other people, you're doing this wrong. You're going reverse. You need to go forward. <laughs> I mean, this is the wrong way of driving. You need to do, to, to, to do it right. You're not doing it right. You're not building it right. 
And it's up to them to believe you or is they not to believe you. The Bible says that two people, the Lord says to, to some people there, listen, I give you an example. One guy built a house in a rock and, and the other one built it in the sand. I'm sure it's easy probably to dig in the sand. It's easy. I mean, you dig it out, you put a pole there, and you lift it up, and, and who knows? I mean, the house looks the same, and the other guy, you already finished your house, and the other guy is still working on it. You, you ever see those marriages? Before they get married, they got three kids, and this guy is still waiting for the right one, whatever, and he does the right way, and, but his marriage lasts forever. And the other one went too fast. He said, oh, I already have my three kids. Okay. And then 10 years later, they're fighting like cats and dogs. It's no foundation. So this house was built on a rock, and the other one is built on the sand. It's just much easier to do that. But the one who took his time and listened to the instructions, and the stone is coming. Believe me, the stone is coming. I don't know what you're living, what bubble you're living in. Maybe I'm going to bust your bubble today. <laughs> but the stone is coming. Problem is coming, and those who are not solid in the, in the, in the foundation of Jesus Christ, they will be sh shake, and they will fall down because you're building without foundation. The foundation is the Lord Jesus Christ. But I want to put something here in these verses that we just read. Some people, they start building with good, solid, good things. They start building, and they use gold, and they use this. But little by little, as, as you know, they start kind of drifting a little bit, and they start using little less expensive things, and a little bit less, and a little bit less. By the time you know, they are building with things that is not of God. And that's a life, too. That's a life, too. I'm, I'm trying to, to, I think the Lord is telling us that through these parables, you just got to be careful that you're not demanding for me to give you things when you are not prepared to receive it because you're building things that I cannot bless you with. I cannot give you what you're asking. So, here are some people. Let's say, I, I think Kerry mentioned tithing and money and all that stuff. The worst thing a pastor can do is just talk about money. They think, oh, here we go. Here he goes again. They're going to talk about money, and that's all they want. They want my money. <laughs> they want this. He wants to buy himself. And you I have so many of these things in my house. I don't know where it came from. <laughs> There's so many. I don't think I, I bought all that stuff. Did you borrow me that stuff? I think some, I, you know, some houses, people clean the houses, and they have maybe somebody die, and they just say, oh, give Pastor Willie, use them. <laughs> they end up in my house. <laughs> but some people think that they want, they want to tie, they want to bring the money to the church so the pastor can have a better car, or the pastor can have this better. What you're really saying to God is, what's there for me if I tie? What's there for me if I give an offering? What am I getting out of this? And there's a friend of ours who he used to say when he gives money to somebody or whatever he does with the money he gives away, he says, I will never put a fish line on my money. When I, when I give it away, I let it go. 
Let God do with it. Let God deal with it. God is going to know where this thing is going to go, but I'm not responsible any longer for what happened to that. So I'm telling you, when you give an offering to the Lord or you tithe whatever, listen, if the pastor used it to take a vacation to Hawaii, it's his problem, which we've never been to Hawaii. My wife wants to take me there, but <laughs> I tell you, we don't have enough money. <laughs> listen, so when you, when, you, when, you put, when you give it to the Lord, don't, 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 don't follow behind to see what happened. Let it go, because the only thing you need to know is that when you give it to the Lord, He will bless you, if you trust Him. Don't trust men, for sure, but you trust Him. So, give it to the Lord. Don't worry. Build the house of the Lord with the best you have. Remember when he says some people will bring him all these leftover stuff? Remember that? He said it in Malachi. He said, How in the world are you going to give me that stuff? A, a, a sick animal, whatever, blind and limping. Why didn't you give it to your king and see what happened? He probably will kill you with the animal too. <laughs> so don't bring, that, don't bring that to me. Because some people giving the Lord the leftover. One time, long time ago, we went to this guy. And he had a huge storage, two storage, big. I mean, he was like those people who collect whatever he finds. And the thing was packed, and he wanted to donate it. Not to this church, but we were helping somebody, another ministry. So this guy and I, we go over there with two pickup trucks, and we're going to get all this stuff because this guy's going to donate it to give it away. And we go there, oh, my goodness. And we start taking things out. And you got a bicycle without a handle. And he says, <laughs> and he says you take that one. Then you got another something else here, all broken. He says, oh, you take that one. So we take a lot of stuff out. Finally, I say to him, I'm from Dominican Republic, so sometimes I talk too straight. <laughs> so I get away with it. <laughs> no, but I say to the guy, I say, excuse me. You know, what we give, we give it in the name of Jesus. When we give something, something to the poor, something who needs it, we don't go over there and say, hey, I give you this, so you got to thank me. And nah. No, no, we go there and say, we give you this in the name of Jesus. The Lord have blessed you. And I say to him, I don't give this stuff, not even in my name. You think I'm going to give that in the name of Jesus? Are you crazy? So we left everything there. We left, we didn't take nothing. So we left the mess outside. It was a nice thing to do, I guess, but I was upset. We worked like for two hours looking for something that was good. And he just, I'm like, are you crazy? I'm not giving that to, in the name of Jesus. I won't give that not even in my name. I don't even tell him that I gave it to you. I, so we just left there. <laughs> when we give something, whoever, we give it in the name of the Lord. We better give the best we have, not something that you don't want or you're going to throw it away or it's good for nothing. We have to give what's good, what's best in the name of Jesus. Proverbs 19:17 says, whoever is kind to the poor lends to the Lord and he will reward them for what they have done. So when we Lend or we be kind to the poor, we lend them to God. And I can tell you that He pays back. He pays back. Woo! 
the Lord pays back. I'm telling you, I don't know about you, and sometimes people think it is not true, but I've been married for 42 years for the most wonderful wife that is still my girlfriend. Woo! Jesus! I'm still in love with that lady. Amen. Yes. <laughs> Woo! Yes. Yes. Wonderful. God has blessed me with four wonderful children. They are working in the testimony, some of them. But I believe in the promises of the Lord. He says, he says, you and your household will be saved. So it's not what you see, it's what he's promised. Amen? So don't, don't worry about what you see and the chaotic life that you see. You got to believe the word of God because he promised. It's a promise. So it's nothing that you can do to save yourself or unsave yourself is what he promised. He promised. So they work in the testimony. What a testimony. They have a better testimony than I do. So, so one day we're going to see that. Thank you, Jesus. So let me ask you a question or let me tell you. What determines your reward or what, is, what determines your reward is not the amount of time you serve. What determines your reward is not, have nothing to do with how much time you serve. What determines your reward have nothing to do with your position. Nothing to do with your position. Have nothing to do with your popularity. You think you're very popular or you're very important. Have nothing to do with a position that you hold in any level. Nothing. So that's right. If I had to clean toilets, I clean toilets and I praise the Lord. I say, Lord Jesus, I thank you that you give me the strength. Pastor Terry, uh, one time mentioned this and that stuck to my head. And, and he says, I just thank God that he gives me the strength to do what I do. Because I see people in wheelchairs that they can do nothing. And I'm thinking to myself, whoo, what a, what, a, what, a, what a message. We thank God for the strength that he gave us. We thank God that I'm able to do things. I thank God that I'm not crippled, that, I, that we can do all these things. So sometimes you see me doing things and cleaning and pulling weeds and doing whatever. Somebody says to me one day, why you do all this? I said, listen, I am not too good with all this brand new technology. That I can hardly use my phone. Somebody asked me, what kind of phone do you have? And I said, I, I have an iPhone 2. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, that's as far as I can do. This 6 and 7 and 10 and 11. Listen. <laughs> I'm not there. So you want to call me, you come and visit me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so that's why maybe you see me doing all this stuff. But it's not the position that God, it's not because of the position that you have or because you are popular. It doesn't work that way. No. You know what? What is what determines your reward is your faithfulness to the task which God has given you to perform. It's your faithfulness to do what God has asked you to do. If you are cleaning 
and you are faithful to that, you get in the same reward that a pastor or a missionary who has led thousands of people to the Lord, if he's faithful to the calling of God, you are the same. You get in the same reward because you are faithful with what God has given you. Have nothing to do with how much I did or how much or how little you do. It is being faithful to him with a little. He says it. He says it in his word. So why, why we worry about competing with somebody or doing something? How come he's doing something? How come Pastor Willie is preaching? I can assure you that there's a lot of people here that can do better than I do. <laughs> I left to myself many times and I say, Lord Jesus, why do you ask me to do this? <laughs> there's so many people. They can do better. I didn't ask. I, I mean, I just say yes to the Lord and whatever he wants, I do. <laughs> Amen? So, is your faithfulness to the task, is it, you being faithful to what he has asked you to do, just do it faithfully to him and he will reward you. So, it doesn't matter how small the things you're doing, how little it can be. It doesn't matter if it's so short that it's just for one day. If it's just one day or two years or ten years, whatever it is, if God has tell you to do something, just do it faithfully to him. Whatever that, that is, how insignificant it might appear. Your reward have nothing to do with what people say about you. Your reward have everything to do what God says about you. So, hey, I'm not looking to find out what people say about me. Yes, the Bible says that we need to, to do right so that people cannot talk better about me. Yes, that we have to be concerned about what people think. Okay, but I have nothing to do with me getting rewards from the Lord. What I have to do is what he says when I do things. You know, sometimes you see people in the church, and maybe for in our natural eyes, they don't do nothing. They probably, I mean, you never see doing nothing. And you probably feel, why is that person here for 10 years, and I didn't see them do nothing? They're not even part of the children's ministry. They don't even clean the church. They don't even, I don't know. But maybe this person is a single mother raising a child, and she is preparing this child in the ways of the Lord and telling her to fear the Lord. And God is using her or using him to, to prepare this child. And this child, when he grows up, maybe he can be a missionary or a pastor will go to other nations and lead thousands to the Lord. That was her mission. But we start judging people and say, oh, this person doesn't do nothing here. They're just sitting here. I never seen doing nothing. No. No. Everyone has a mission, and, and, and if we are faithful to that, the Lord will bless us. That, that reminds me of a, a little joke that you probably have heard many times from Pastor Tom, but I, I probably say it better than Pastor Tom. Pastor Tom, you're watching? Sorry. <laughs> because most of the time, he kind of chopped things up, no? It's like me. <laughs> it's like me making a salad, right? I chop up the salad very well. Forgive me, Pastor Tom. I love you, Pastor Tom. <laughs> um, it was this. <laughs> it was this pastor that, I mean, he did all the pastors, 
I mean, he was anointed by the Holy Spirit. He preached the word, many salvation every Sunday, and he visited the, the sick and, the, and to the hospital, and he did weddings and funerals and all kinds of things. And I mean, he was he was good. But one day it was time for him to go home. One time was for him, he passed away. So when he go to heaven, they have a big room, and they were waiting, and they were there waiting for the rewards. So here he's sitting there, and Peter called this lady, and uh, when he sees her, he recognizes her. He says, oh, my God, that's the do-nothing lady that was sitting in my church for years. They knew her for the lady, the do-nothing lady. She was like, she was just there all the time, because she didn't do nothing. And he sees her, and, and she goes up, and Peter pulled this beautiful big box and opens it up and takes out this beautiful, big crown, gold and, and, and diamonds. I mean, the most gorgeous crown that you can see. I mean, this guy almost jumped out of his seat and like thinking, oh, my God, that do-nothing lady is getting such a big crown. What? Oh, my God. And he's thinking, I can't wait. I can't wait for my reward. I mean, if she got that. So Peter keeps the crown. She even barely hold it on to it because it's too heavy. So Peter helps her, and they carry it to the feet of Jesus. And he's thinking, oh, my God, I can't wait. Peter comes back to the pulpit, and he takes the microphone, and he calls this guy. And he comes in, and he is Peter take this little tiny box and, pick, and takes out this puny-looking little thing, little crown, and the pastor is standing there, and he says, Peter, you make a mistake. That lady took my crown because I was the pastor. I did all these things. I led so many to the Lord. I was visiting the, 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 the people in the hospital, and I led so many to the Lord. Peter, she took my crown. And Peter says, yes, she did. You know why you did all the stuff that you did? Because she was praying for you her whole life. The reason you did all the salvation and all those healings is because of her prayer. So she got your crown. So believe me, many times the person that you see that is not doing nothing, just be careful. She might get in your crown because you're not doing what God is telling you to do or you're doing it for other reasons to gain something from the Lord. Or at least in your heart, you, you're constantly saying, what is here for me? Why am I doing all this? Be careful. Somebody might take your crown. I don't want anybody to take my crown. <laughs> I'm not working as telling God, but I'm doing it. Everything that you do has got to be because the love that you have for the Father, the love that you have for Jesus. He died for you on the cross. Many times I think to myself when I walk into this church, I'm going to ask Pastor Tom to put a, uh, you know, I see those pines over there. They look rough. Right? Those pine trees? They must be rough, right? The, 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 what do you call the, the skin? The thing? The bark? They must be rough. I'm thinking one day, I'm going to ask Pastor Tom to put a cross, big cross over here. When you walk into the church, you walk like under the cross, to the side of the cross, whatever you do, it's a cross here in the church. But sometimes I feel like we're going to put a big cross over here, and we're going to take our shirts. We're going to take our shirts off and go from the top to bottom to see how it feels. 
That's how you know what Jesus did for you. He was hanging on a cross, and it was not as smooth like this glass thing. It was something that you couldn't even touch it, and on top of that, his back was ripped apart. I can imagine that hurts. So I, why is it every time I, I'm, I'm up here, the time goes so fast? Daniel, can you bring that thing back? <laughs> I mean, it's like the time goes so fast. I am, I'm, I'm in three lines. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> so I believe, I believe that this parable, this is what I believe. I don't know if you believe the same or not, but I believe that this parable was, answer, was an answer concerning the selfish attitude in Peter's question. And you can read it. It's in Matthew 19, 27. By this time, let's say all of us here. I don't know how, how many years you've been a believer, how many years you've been a Christian or walking with the Lord. But I think many times we also have a selfish attitude that we tell God, why is you not doing this for me? Or what am I getting? Why, why, why this is happening? Why did I got to do this? And why and why and why? And I think sometimes, thank God for his grace, because sometimes I feel like he should put us to the ringer. <laughs> so look, look what happened in 1927. I mean, uh, not, 19, not a year, but Matthew 1927. <laughs> in case... In case you think I'm going so back. <laughs> 19, Matthew 19, 27. Look what happened there. Jesus is telling him about this rich man who thought that he was somebody. And Jesus says, well, listen, you, can, you have done all that stuff, wonderful, but you still have one more thing to do, and is you got to get rid of all your wealth and give it away. Basically, that's Jesus telling because that was a God to him, to, the, to this man. So Peter comes in verse 27, and this is Peter. By this time, when you read that, that verse, by this time, Peter should have known better. By this time, and, and I, I feel sorry for Peter, because all the pastors speak on Peter. <laughs> Peter is like the punching bag of most pastors, and maybe I'm, I'm doing the same. But listen, by this time, Peter should have known better. He have gone through so many, he have seen so many miracles the, the 4,000 that Jesus fed, the 5,000, the walking on the water, the transfiguration on the mount. I mean, he has seen so many things. And look, look what Peter says here. He says, Peter answered him, we have left everything to follow you. And they follow with a question, what would there be for us? But I want you to read the first part and don't miss the don't mix the exclamation point. Sometimes we miss we miss something. We read the Bible, but we don't read it to the context what it what it says. Actually, Peter, it was almost not just disobedient, but he was uh, I would say obnoxious to the Lord because the way he said it, this was not Lord. Um, can I ask you a question? We have left everything to follow you. 
that we're going to get anything? It was not like that. You know, when a child comes to you and they say to you, um, Mom and Dad, I know that I've been here for 18 years. I, um, I never pay a light bill. I know that you fed me for 18 years. Um, I haven't done nothing. You've been so good to me. Um, but I've been here for 18 years. Can I get $20? <laughs> I mean, if they say like that, you probably say, what do you need it for? Yes, you know, here it is, or whatever. But what about if your child comes to you and says, I've been here for 18 years, and you haven't done nothing for me. I live with you for all these years, and, and, and everything is, you don't do nothing. How do you feel about it? <laughs> what are you going to say to that rascal teenager? I'm sorry, some teenagers here. I'm not talking to you or those who are watching. But listen, <laughs> how you respond when somebody answers you like that or asks you like that? And basically, and, and then he said, like, why am I staying here? Why am I gonna why am I gonna stay in this house when you for 18 years you don't do nothing for me? Peter, basically, that's what he says. He says, Peter answered, We have left, he's screaming out in front of everybody. He says, We have left everything else to follow you. If I was Jesus, thank God for his grace and mercy, I would have taken him out of there and said, You know what? You can have everything you have left for me. Go and get it. <laughs> I don't need you. I think the Lord says to many times when somebody put a dollar or ten dollar or a hundred dollar or even a thousand dollars, no matter what you put there, you say, Lord, remember those people and Jesus in the temple? You remember that? And Jesus was there, and somebody, and that time they have some kind of metal thing. I guess they did it on purpose. <laughs> they have some metal things, and these people, and that time was no paper. They don't have money and paper. It's all like coins and things and gold. And they, they brought these, these people with a, you know those people who think they're better than everybody else? <laughs> they came and they had the money and, whoosh, and you hear everything. Everybody was like, oh, wow, geez, those people have money. Wow. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and there comes that poor little lady almost barely walking there and put the two little pieces there. And Jesus standing somewhere. He was there in the temple. I don't know, I'm not sure if he was next to it or where, but he told his disciples, you see what happened? Those people that everybody got, wow! They, didn't, they actually, basically Jesus says, they didn't give him nothing. What she gave, it was way more than what, what they did. Because she gave everything she has. It's not the amount of your giving, my friends. It's your heart. Jesus did not count the money that she put in there. She's, he saw her heart, and her heart was right with the Lord. And that's what it is. It doesn't matter what you give. If your heart is not right, believe me, it will turn to nothing. Your heart has got to be right. So the, the little can, can, can multiply to thousands and thousands. It doesn't matter what it is. It, is, it could be money. It could be helping. It could be doing. It doesn't matter. It will turn to a lot if your heart is right. If your heart is not right, you can keep thousands, and it will be good for nothing. It will be not good for you either. 
But you got you to gotta believe it. It's in the Word. You got to believe it. So, Jesus, thank you. So, <laughs> so, Peter says, we have left everything, right? But I think today, even today, is a lot of Christians the same way. There's a lot of Christians today who follow Jesus for what they can get from him, not because what they can give to the Lord or not because they love him. Everything that we do, if we follow the Lord, has got to be done because we love him. The best thing to have, this is, this is Willie Robert Trey, okay? This is how you do with the preaching. But the best thing to, die, to, to have is your wife sitting in front of, in front. You know, when you marry for a long time, you can tell all the moves of your wife. She goes like this, I know what she means. When she kicks me under the table, I know what she's saying. <laughs> even though sometimes, even though sometimes I ask her, why are you kicking me? And she like, So I, I can tell after so many years when she talks to me with her eyes, sometimes she got to go like this. That's, that is very obvious. So I'm looking at the time, and I know that she told me since Friday that I got to stop five minutes before 12. <laughs> she have a... My wife has a reason. We have a meeting after this. <laughs> so we need to go. <laughs> I know, honey. I'm not picking on you. You know me. My wife always, my wife always said to people, so see, I, I'm, I'm good for that because she always said to people, you know him. You know him. But I, I, can't, I can't let it pass this because of the, um, the thing. Uh, <laughs> Jesus, where was, where was I? So anyway, you, you can read uh, Luke 9, 57. You have, it in your, you have it in your paper and your hand out. Um, so in 1 Peter, in 1 Peter, which you don't have there, in 1 Peter 2.24, it says, He himself bore our sins in his body. He himself. So think about, if you think about what Jesus did for you, for me, I don't have to ask him what's there for me. What can you do for me? He did it all. When he opened his arms, when he gave his life for you, he did it all. He paid the price for you. So don't ever question the Lord or say, what can, what can I get? What am I getting out of this? What am I getting? You're getting eternal life. You're getting all your sins that being forgiven, erased completely. So when, you th when you're doing something, don't ever ask the Lord, what can I get from this? The other, the other famous scriptures there, or the other thing that I was looking at, which you, we don't have no time now, it was the other person, the mother of the two, the two apostles, the, the mother of James and John. She came there, and she wanted a position. She wanted this. She wanted that. She remembered the promise. I think many people in the church only read the promise. But how you get to the promise? <laughs> how you get to the promise? I have a, uh, and I was going to say this, but I have a, a wonderful grandson. He is four, and um, I told my daughter, his mother, how wonderful it would be if you have like five like them. <laughs> and she goes, I would go crazy. 
<laughs> he is wonderful. And uh, he comes to, my, to the house, and I said, listen, if you behave, I will do this. Let's say he loves Target and, and Walmart. So I said, listen, if you behave, I will take you to Walmart. Okay, Papa. Okay, Papa. I, two minutes later, he forgot the behavior part, but he remembered the promise. <laughs> I mean, and I said to him, didn't you tell me that you're going to behave? Okay, Papa. Okay. Two minutes later, same thing. He does not remember the behavior. He just remembers the promise. And no matter how long it takes, he always going to remind me, Papa, you told me you're going to take me. I said, you didn't behave. I did. I did. So <laughs> that's what we do with God. We remember the promise, but we don't understand or we don't know what we have to go through to get to the promise. Amen? To, to receive that. It's a suffering part that you have to go through. And I... I where is it? So, do not pray for a throne. You do not pray for a throne, you pay for it. No pain, no bomb, no thorns, no throne, no gal, no glory, no cross, no crown. Do you still want to follow Jesus? Without death, there's no life. Death is a door to life. If you don't die, you will have no life. And without dying, the Bible says you have to die to yourself to follow me. So let's pray. Let's stand. We'll be right there, honey bunny. Give me a minute. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Heavenly Father, we just thank you. We pray that you bless your people today. Help us, Father God, not to question you, blindly follow you and do whatever you ask us to do. And don't question what's there for me. We know that you gave your life for us. You gave it all to save my life. So, Father, I thank you that we have it all in Jesus. Blessed be the name of the Lord. God bless you guys. God be with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.